0: Chapter 1 of Book 1 of Metaphysics by Aristotle, translated by John McMahon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeffrey Edwards. Chapter 1 all men by nature are actuated with the desire of knowledge and an indication of this is the love of the senses for even irrespective of their utility are they loved for their own sakes and pre-eminently above the rest the sense of sight for not only for practical purposes but also when not intent on doing anything we choose the power of vision in preference so to say to all the rest of the senses and a cause of this is the following that this one of the senses particularly enables us to apprehend whatever knowledge it is the inlet of and that it makes many distinctive qualities manifest by nature then indeed are animals formed endowed with sense but in some of them memory is not innate from sense and in others it is and for this reason are these possessed of more foresight as well as a greater aptitude for discipline than those which are wanting in this faculty of memory those furnished with foresight indeed are yet without the capability of receiving instruction whatever amongst them are unable to understand the sounds they hear as for instance bees and other similar tribes of animals but those are capable of receiving instruction as many as in addition to memory are provided with this sense also the rest indeed subsist then through impressions and the operations of memory but share experience in a slight degree whereas the human race exists by means of art also and the powers of reasoning now experience accrues to men from memory for repeated acts of memory about the same thing done constitute the force of a single experience and experience seems to be a thing almost similar to science and art but science and art result unto men by means of experience for experience indeed as Polus saith and correctly so has produced art but in experience chance but an art comes into being when out of many conceptions of experience one universal opinion is evolved with respect to similar cases for indeed to entertain the opinion that this particular remedy has been of service to Callias while labouring under this particular disease as well as to socrates and so individually to many this is an inference of experience but that it has been conducive to the health of all such as have been defined according to one species while labouring under this disease as for instance to the phlegmatic or the choleric or those sick of a burning fever this belongs to the province of art as regards indeed practical purposes therefore experience seems in no wise to differ from art nay even we see the experienced compassing their objects more effectually than those who possess a theory without the experience but a cause of this is the following that experience indeed is a knowledge of singulars whereas art of universals but all things in the doing and all generations are concerned about the singular for he whose profession it is to practise medicine does not restore man to health save by accident but callius or socrates or any of the rest so designated to whom it happens to be a man if therefore anyone without the experience is furnished with the principle and is acquainted with the universal but is ignorant of the singular that is involved therein he will frequently fall into error in the case of his medical treatment for that which is capable of cure is rather the singular but nevertheless we are of opinion that at least knowledge and understanding appertain to art rather than experience and we reckon artists more wise than the experienced inasmuch as wisdom is the concomitant of all philosophers rather in proportion to their knowledge but this is so because some indeed are aware of the cause and some are not for the experienced indeed know that a thing is so but they do not know wherefore it is so but others i mean the scientific are acquainted with the wherefore and the cause therefore also we reckon the chief artificers in each case to be entitled to more dignity and to the reputation of superior knowledge and to be more wise than the handicraftsmen because the former are acquainted with the causes of the things that are being constructed whereas the latter produce things as certain inanimate things do indeed yet these perform their functions unconsciously as the fire when it burns things indeed therefore that are inanimate by a certain constitution of nature perform each of these their functions but the handicraftsmen through habit inasmuch as it is not according as men are practical that they are more wise but according as they possess the reason of a thing and understand causes and upon the whole a proof of a person's having knowledge is even the ability to teach and for this reason we consider art rather than experience to be a science for artists can whereas the handicraftsman cannot convey instruction and further we regard none of the senses to be wisdom although at least these are the most decisive sources of knowledge about singulars but they make no affirmation of the wherefore in regard of anything as for example why fire is hot but only the fact that it is hot therefore indeed is it natural for the person who first discovers any art whatsoever beyond the ordinary power of the senses to be the object of human admiration not only on account of something of the things that have been discovered being useful, but as one that is wise and superior to the rest of men. But when more arts are being discovered, both some indeed in relation to things that are necessary, and others for pastime, we invariably regard such more wise than those on account of their sciences not being for bare utility. Whence, all things of such a sort having been already procured those sciences have been invented which were pursued neither for purposes of pleasure nor necessity and first in those places where the inhabitants enjoyed leisure wherefore in the neighbourhood of egypt the mathematical arts were first established for there leisure was spared unto the sacerdotal caste it has then indeed been declared in the ethics what is the difference between an art and a science and the rest of the things of the same description but at present the reason of our producing this treatise is the fact that all consider what is termed wisdom to be conversant about first causes and principles so that as has been said on a former occasion the experienced seem to be more wise than those possessing any sense whatsoever and the artificer than the experienced and the master artist than the handicraftsman and the speculative rather than those that are productive that indeed wisdom therefore is a science conversant about certain causes and first principles is obvious chapter two now since we are engaged in investigating this science the following must form a subject for our consideration namely about what kind of causes and what kind of first principles is this science i mean wisdom conversant if doubtless one would receive the opinions which we entertain concerning the wise man perhaps from this our proposed inquiry would be evident the more now in the first place indeed we go on the supposition that the wise man especially is acquainted with all things scientifically as far as this is possible not however having a scientific knowledge of them singly in the next place a person who is capable of knowing things that are difficult and not easy for a man to understand such a one we deem wise for perception by the senses is common to all wherefore it is a thing that is easy and by no means wise further one who is more accurate and more competent to give instruction in the causes of things we regard more wise about every science and of the sciences also that which is desirable for its own account and for the sake of knowledge we consider to be wisdom in preference to that which is eligible on account of its probable results and that which is more qualified for preeminence, we regard as wisdom rather than that which is subordinate for that the wise man ought not to be dictated to but should dictate unto others and that this person ought not to be swayed in his opinions by another but one less wise by this man respecting this wisdom and wise men do we entertain such and so many suppositions but of these characteristics the scientific knowledge of all things must needs be found in him most especially who possesses the universal science for this person in a manner knows all things that are subjects of it but also the most difficult nearly for men to know are the things that are especially universal for they are most remote from the senses but the most accurate of the sciences are those respecting things that are primary in the most eminent sense of the word for those from fewer principles are more accurate than those said to be from addition as arithmetic than geometry but also that science without doubt is more adapted towards giving instruction at least which speculates about causes for those to afford instruction who assign the causes in regard of each individual thing now understanding and scientific knowledge for their own sakes most especially reside in the science of that which is most particularly fitted for being scientifically known for he who selects scientific knowledge for its own sake will especially choose that which is pre-eminently science but such is that which is the science of that which is particularly fitting as an object of scientific knowledge and particularly fitting as objects of scientific knowledge are first principles and causes for on account of these and by means of these are the other objects of knowledge capable of being made known but not these by means of those things that are subordinate to them most fit for pre-eminence likewise amongst the sciences and fit for pre-eminence in preference to that which is subservient is the science which communicates the knowledge of that on account of which each thing is to be done but this constitutes the good in each particular but in general that which is the best in every nature from all therefore that has been stated the sought-for appellation lights upon the same science for it is necessary that this be a science speculative of first principles and of causes for the good also viewed as a final cause is one from amongst our classified list of causes but that the science under investigation is not a science employed in producing is evident from the case of those who formed systems of philosophy in the earliest ages for from wonder men both now and at the first began to philosophize having felt astonishment originally at the things which were more obvious indeed amongst those that were doubtful then by degrees in this way having advanced onwards and in process of time having started difficulties about more important subjects as for example respecting the passive conditions of the moon and those brought to pass about the sun and stars and respecting the generation of the universe but he that labours under perplexity and wonder thinks that he is involved in ignorance therefore also the philosopher that is the lover of wisdom is somehow a lover of fables for the fable is made up of the things that are marvellous wherefore if for the avoidance of ignorance men from time to time have been induced to form systems of philosophy it is manifest that they went in pursuit of scientific knowledge for the sake of understanding it and not on account of any utility that it might possess but the event itself also bears witness to the truth of this statement for on the supposition of almost all those things being in existence that are requisite towards both ease and the management of life prudence of such a sort as this began to be in requisition therefore is it evident that we seek scientific knowledge from no other actual ground of utility save what springs from itself but as we say a free man exists who is such for his own sake and not for the sake of another so also this alone of the sciences is free for this alone subsists for its own sake wherefore also the acquisition of this science may be justly regarded as not human for in many instances human nature is servile so that according to simonides the deity only should enjoy this prerogative yet that it is unworthy for a man not to investigate the knowledge that is in conformity with his own condition but if in reality the poets make any such assertion and if the godhead is in its nature constituted so as to envy in this respect it is especially natural that it should happen and that all those that are over subtle should be unfortunate but neither does the divine essence admit of being affected by envy but according to the proverb the bards utter many falsehoods nor ought we to consider any other science more entitled to honour than such as that under investigation at present for that which is most divine is also most worthy of honour but such will be so in only two ways for that which the deity would especially possess is a divine one amongst the sciences and if there is any such science this would be the case with the science of things divine but this science such as we have described it alone is possessed of both of these characteristics for to all speculators both the deity appear as a cause and a certain first principle and such a science as this either god alone or he principally would possess therefore indeed may all sciences else be more requisite than this one but none is more excellent it is indeed necessary in a manner to establish the order of this science in its development in a direction contrary to the speculations that have been carried on from the beginning for indeed as we have remarked all men commence their inquiries from wonder whether a thing be so as in the case of the spontaneous movements of jugglers figures to those who have not as yet speculated into their cause or respecting the solstices or the incommensurability of the diameter for it seems to be a thing astonishing to all if any quantity of those that are the smallest is not capable of being measured but it is necessary to draw our inquiry to a close in a direction the contrary to this and towards what is better according to the proverb as also happens in the case of these when they succeed in learning those points for nothing would a geometrician so wonder at as if the diameter of a square should be commensurable with its side what therefore is the nature of the science under investigation has been declared as also what the aim should be which the present inquiry and the entire treatise should strive and attain chapter three but since it is manifest that one ought to be in possession of a science of primary causes for then we say that we know each individual thing when we think that we are acquainted with the first cause and since causes are denominated under four different heads the first of which we assert to be the substance and the essence of a thing for the inquiry of the wherefore in the first instance of a thing is referred to the last reason but the first wherefore of a thing is a cause and first principle and the second cause we affirm to be the matter and the subject and the third is the source of the first principle of motion and the fourth the cause that is in opposition to this namely both the final cause and the good for such is an end of every generation therefore although there has been a sufficient amount of speculation concerning these in our treatise on physics let us however bring forward those who before our time have approached to an examination of entities and have formed systems of philosophy respecting truth for it is obvious that they also affirm that there are in existence certain first principles and causes therefore will it at any rate be of service to our present treaties should we take a review of these philosophers for either we shall thereby discover a certain different description of cause or we shall in preference repose our confidence in those that have been already enumerated now the majority of those who first formed systems of philosophy consider those that subsist in a form of matter to be alone the principles of all things for wherefrom all entities arise and wherefrom they are generated as from an original and whereto they are corrupted ultimately the substance indeed remaining permanent but in its passive states undergoing a change this they assert to be an element and this a first principle of all things and for this reason they are of opinion that nothing is either produced or destroyed inasmuch as such a constitution of nature is always in a state of conservation as we say that socrates neither is absolutely brought into being when he may become handsome or musical nor that he is destroyed when he may throw aside these habits on account of the fact of the subject namely socrates himself remaining permanent so neither is it the case with anything else that it is either generated or corrupted anew for it is necessary that there should be a certain nature either one or more than one from which the other entities are produced that remaining in a state of conservation the plurality indeed and the species of such a first principle all do not affirm to be the same but thales indeed the founder of this kind of philosophy affirms the nature just mentioned to be water wherefore also he declared the earth to be superimposed upon water probably deriving his opinion from observing that the nutriment of all things is moist and that even actual heat is therefrom generated and that animal life is sustained by this but that wherefrom a thing is produced this is a first principle of all things and doubtless for this reason likewise holding such a theory both from the fact of the seeds of all things possessing a moist nature and of water being a first principle of their nature to things that are humid but there are some who suppose those who lived in the most ancient times and far previous to the present generation and who first formed schemes of theology to have also entertained opinions after this manner concerning nature for these philosophers constituted both oceanus and tethys as the parents of generation and water as the object of adjuration amongst the gods called sticks by the poets themselves for most entitled to respect is that which is most ancient now an object of adjuration is a thing most entitled to respect whether therefore there is this certain early and ancient opinion concerning nature in all likelihood would be an obscure point to decide Thales indeed is said to have declared his sentiments in this manner concerning the first cause, for no one would deign to place Hippo along with these on account of the meanness of his intellect. But Anaximenes and Diogenes placed air before water, and especially as a cause of simple bodies, whereas Hippasus of Metapontum and Heraclitus of Ephesus, fire but empedocles introduced four bodies that is one in addition to those three already mentioned adding earth as a fourth for that these ever continued permanent and further that they are not produced save that either in plurality or in paucity they are compounded together or dissolved into one and from one component element but anaxagoras of clazomena in age indeed being prior to this speculator but in his works subsequent to him maintains that first principles are infinite for he asserts that almost all things being homogeneous as water or fire in this way are produced and destroyed by concretion and dissolution merely but that in other respects no entities were either brought into existence or caused to cease to exist but continued as things that are everlasting from these things indeed therefore one would suppose that the only cause with these philosophers was that said to exist in a form of matter but as these speculators advanced in this way the thing itself guided them and constrained them to investigate further for though every possible corruption and generation is from something subsisting as one or more yet why does this happen and what is the cause of this for undoubtedly the subject at least itself is in no wise instrumental in making itself undergo a change now i say for example that neither the wood nor the brass is the cause of either of these bodies undergoing a change neither does the wood indeed produce a bed and the brass a statue but there is something else that is a cause of change but the investigation of this is the investigation of a different principle that is the second cause as we have stated the principle of the origin of motion those indeed therefore who from the earliest times have altogether adopted such a method as this and affirm the subject to be one have created no difficulty for themselves but some of these at least who say that it is one as if overpowered by this investigation assert that the one is immovable and the entire of nature not only according to generation and corruption for this is an ancient dogma and one which all acknowledge but also according to every other change whatever and this a tenet peculiar to themselves of those indeed therefore who affirm the universe to be one merely to none has it occurred to see clearly into a cause of such a kind unless perhaps to parmenides and to him so far as that he lays down not one merely but somehow even two ceases to exist and for those truly who make them more numerous is it allowable rather to assert the existence of such a cause as the efficient cause i mean those who make causes to be the hot and the cold or fire and earth for they employ the fire as possessing a motive nature but water and earth and such like as something that is contrary to this but after these philosophers and after the assertion of principles of this sort as if on the grounds of their insufficiency to generate the nature of entities again constrained by actual truth as we have said they investigated the principle next following in the way of a consequence for of the excellent and beautiful order of some things and of the production of others of the entities it is not natural to assign perhaps either earth or anything of this kind as a cause nor is it natural that they should think that it is nor was it seemly on the other hand to attribute so important a part to chance and fortune now whosoever affirmed mind as in animals so also in nature to be the cause of the system of the world and of the entire harmony of it the same appeared as it were of sober temperament in comparison with the vain theorists of the earlier ages indeed then we know that anaxagoras openly adopted these principles hermodemus of claesomina however has the credit assigned him of having put forward a similar theory of causation at an earlier period those indeed therefore who have entertained these opinions have laid down as a first principle of entities at the same time the cause of their orderly arrangement with such a one as that of the origin of motion in things end of chapter three recording in memory of mitchell edwards